Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Olusanya of the Vivify Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. All right, right, right away, I want to say a big welcome to you. Just say a big high five. Ask people in the chat section, wherever you are, are you ready? Just ask them, are you ready for service this evening? Thank you, Jesus. Ask them, are you ready to collect? Because this is no ordinary service. We thank the Lord that at a time like this, where we talk about the good shepherd, we're not just talking about some guy who's distant and we're reading things about him. He's a proactive God. He's a God of results. He's a God of action. You can bank on him. Praise the name of Jesus. Are you ready to receive? Glory to God. We have had an amazing series, haven't we? Beautiful teaching series, The Good Shepherd. And it's a reminder of what God had told us already at the beginning of this year, that it's our year of providence, a year where he's going to provide, he's going to protect and precisely lead us into all that he'll have us do, right? And we've been experiencing this all through the year. The year is almost over. And I can tell you, I can count on my fingers and maybe with my toes, some of the many, many miracles and, and, and testimonies that have been happening because of the word of the Lord that has come for us this year. And I want to crown it with this teaching. This is a teaching, this one this evening is a teaching that I pray would make your faith come alive again, to bring your faith alive. Praise the name of Jesus. All right. So. We've talked so much about the Good Shepherd. We're going to go to the last part of the teaching series. And I really want to go further. We're going to do that again sometime uh, before the end of the year to emphasize the goodness of the Lord. But this teaching is going to crown it all. And I, and I really hope that it does two things in your life. First of all, that it reawakens an unnatural faith in the Lord. And then I want this to spur you into action to take your place in the divine plan of God to bring his goodness to this world. Praise the name of Jesus. Two things, to stir up your faith and to drive you to action. All right, and uh, I, I was just reminded of a story and, and you know, I was reading the book of Exodus and there was a time where after these guys, you know what Exodus means? To exit, to leave a place. They left Egypt, you know, after the 10th plague, they were allowed to go or they were running away they passed the Red Sea. They got to a place where they were in the desert. It's called the Desert of Shur. And as they were going, they were in desperate need of water. You know how a desert is? No water. They were thirsty. They needed something to drink. All right. And God, in his mercy and favor, did something for them. He provided, you know, they got to a place where they saw water. But the water was called Mara because it was bitter. You couldn't drink it. It was like gall water. It was terrible. And God divinely did something. He healed the water, the Bible says. He healed the water. He cleansed the water. And with the cleansing, he told Moses to drop a piece of wood in that water. Wood. Wood. He told Moses, put wood in this water. And something happened to the water. It became sweet. And I'm not saying it was like Sprite or no. It was was. It was drinkable is what i'm trying to say praise the name of jesus but following this miracle god did something very special and i'm going to read exodus chapter 15 for you 
Exodus chapter 15 from verse 26. Open your Bibles. If you did not come with your Bible, you, you're missing out. We're going to read a lot of scriptures, and I need you to open your Bibles. Take note of them, but open your Bibles. Read with me. It is a Bible study service, so I want you to do that. Pay attention to the Word. You love the Word, don't you? Oh, glory to God. I love the Word of God. It's powerful. It's alive. You know, when you give your attention to the Word of God, it changes you. It doesn't leave you the same. Uh, it's my favorite book of all time. Exodus chapter 15 from verse 26. It says, and, and, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give your ear to his commandments, and keep his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healed thee. For I am the Lord that healed thee. And this phrase here, the Lord that healed thee, is where you find the first expression of the word Rapha. And that is the title of this teaching. Rapha. You know, you can call it Rapha, Rapha. But you know it in the songs. I think I, is it part of that song? Ah, Jehovah Rapha, no, it's not in that song, go. Sorry, I missed that song. But, uh, but there's a song, I, I, I can't remember right now, but Jehovah Rapha. And so many of you, this is not new, you've heard that before. The healer, right? The Hebrew word Rapha actually means to restore something. To restore something back to a pristine, original, better state than it was in the first place. It means to heal as well and of course in our key text for this series psalm 23 which you all know as you know the the lord shepherd's recitation um, verse 3 says this psalm 23 verse 3 says he restoreth my soul it's from there you find the root word for rafa to restore to heal to renew to make good again that's what it means he restoreth my soul. He leads me on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. You see it also similarly in Jeremiah chapter 30, from verse 17. I'm going to read it very quickly. Jeremiah chapter 30, and this was the word of the Lord to the exiles back then when the Israelites were colonized by the Babylonians. And he's speaking here, but I will restore you to health and heal your wounds. I love this. I will restore you to health. And then I'll heal all the sores, all the scars. I'm not going to leave anything untouched. If it's going to be healed, it's going to be a complete healing. Praise the name of Jesus. Declares the Lord, because you were called an outcast, Zion, for whom no one cares. Jeremiah 33 from verse 6 says something very important. Jeremiah 33 verse 6, still a word to the exiles through the prophet Jeremiah. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people. And will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. Look, I know you've heard about healing a lot of the times. And you've, you've just thought about it probably in the context of you got you know, sick, you were healed, you had a wound, or you were disabled, you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that, now you can do that. I understand. But the healing ability of God, it is, it is rich, it is wholesome. It's not in part, it's not, it, it, it touches every aspect, tangible and intangible. 
It says, I will give them health, right? I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace. And I love that we are building from last week where we said that anything that God gives, he gives what? In abundance. If it's not in abundance, if it's stingy, if it's in little pieces, it most likely is not God, especially if it's a good gift. He gives it abundantly. He gives abundant peace and security. And I want to read Psalm 103 from verse 2 to 3. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 103 from verse 2 to 3. It says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. That is the God who heals all, all. I'm going to emphasize that because you're going to need to understand this. When you talk about the healing of Rapha, you're talking about a wholesome, holistic, complete package. It is all disease, not some. He will try some. Maybe the ones that the doctors have already been able to solve. You know, he can try those ones too. He can solve the unsolvable ones that are unsolvable medically. He solves and heals all diseases, the Bible says. Praise the name of Jesus. But let me give you the good news about this. I'm going to give you... So just to prepare you, what we're doing up this evening is to talk about healing. It's a teaching on healing. I'm going to do a commentary on healing. I'm going to talk about some misconceptions. I want to arm you. I want to have a, a very honest conversation with you this evening. I want you, I know you've probably come with questions. You probably have things that you, maybe misconceptions, things you're not sure about, things that you've had questions about. You just maybe pushed it down. Let me not sound like a blasphemous person by asking these questions about God. I understand. And I've been there, done that, you know. But I can tell you for sure that this teaching will help and reach you understand, you know, what do you, what do you need to know about healing? The healing power of God. So that's what we're talking about this evening. Healing, you know, and, and the good healer, the great healer, who is God himself. So let me just give you the good news about healing. Number one. Number one, the good news about healing is this, and I already said this before, it is wholesome and complete. That's number one. And I've talked about the scriptures. He heals all diseases. You know, he doesn't just give you physical health. He brings abundant peace and security. So it's all encompassing. It's wholesome. It is complete. Healing is wholesome. That's the first point. Number two. Healing is the will of God. Oh, this one, this one, you have to believe me on this. And I'm going to prove it to you. But healing is the will of God. How do I know whether God wants me in this situation to be better? What if God is using this sickness to teach me a lesson? See, there's a group of people that, that talk about these things. There are people who propagate this nonsense that God gave you that affliction or gave you that sickness to teach you a lesson. And why, my question is, why would God do that? If you see that Jesus, who is the representation, the physical image of the invisible God, went about healing people who were oppressed, people who were diseased, why is he counteracting the plans of God? who gave those people those diseases to, to teach them a lesson. It, it doesn't make sense. Do you understand? So in a case like that, <laughs> and some people are not honest, right? So These same people who say, 
that God gave me this disease, teach me a lesson. They prayed about it, right? So, I mean, the, the natural prayer to pray for such people is, Lord, more disease. It's like this person has not learned their lesson. God, more disease for more lessons, more maturity. Just all the, all the diseases you can think of. God, you are creative. Just that's the, that's the next kind of prayer to pray for these kinds of people. But if you're honest, to, to, to really consider the text and see the narratives of the Bible, you will see the heart that behind healing, you, you know, you see the Lord's actions. You see that it's at the center of his will. I'm going to prove it to you. Uh, Jesus says this. Look at John chapter 14. I love this so much. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 14, from verse 10. It says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does what? Does the works. Now we're going to talk about what these works are. But let me go to John chapter 10 from verse 37. John chapter 10 from verse 37. Just go four chapters behind this. Go to verse 37 to 38. We're going to read there very quickly. If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I am doing them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works themselves so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. So what he's saying, if you didn't get the picture, is look, whatever you see me do, Jesus is saying this, whatever you see me do, the Father is doing because the Father is in me and I am what in the Father. So he's saying every action I've taken, every move I made, I was doing it in the name of the Lord. I was doing it as a replica, as the direct image of the Lord God in heaven. That's huge. In fact, when he said this statement, they picked up stones, if you read the narrative, to stone him, to kill him for blasphemy. How can you say that you and God are the same and equal and doing the exact same thing? It's only true if indeed he is God. And we're not trying to you know, prove the deity of Jesus here. But if, if we can zoom into the life and the ministry of Jesus, therein we can see the ministry of the Father. We can see how God himself, you know, meets out this action through Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. That was a very important story, very important story, where Jesus, you know, was going to, uh, you know, was, it was passing this particular place, and there was this man who had been blind from birth for about 38 years. And Jesus, you know, the disciples look at this man, and they're asking him, why is this man, why was he born blind? Was this something that he did? Was it the sin of his parents that caused this to, to come upon him, this affliction of blindness? And Jesus said, no, that the God may be glorified. And many people have misunderstood this. They, feel, they, 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 they think that God gave this man this disease, this blindness, so that he is glorified in the blindness. How? The question is how? And Jesus showed that the, the true meaning of God being glorified in that, in that blindness. He said that, that the works of God may be manifest, that, you know, that God may be glorified. And how was God glorified in this story? And Jesus prayed for this man. 
And this man was able to see. A man who had never seen for 38 years was healed, received his sight in full. That was how God received glory. Praise the name of Jesus. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm trying to establish to you that, look, it is the will of God that people are healed. When you look at the ministry of Jesus, just like with that blind man, and I'm going to show you many, many other examples. When you see the, the miracles that Jesus did, you would see in them the heart of God. There was, Jesus would pass. You hear stories about Jesus and the people will come to him to be healed. And the Bible will account that he, all who came to him received their healing. He did not send them away back the way they came. They were healed. You see, Jesus said, day, the day comes where, when I must work. Night comes when no man must work. You know, I must do the work of my father that sent me. And the work he was doing in many ways. In fact, when he told them, when you see my works, believe me, he was talking about the miracles he did. Not just the teachings or the words. It was the miracles. Can you deny that this is the power of God at work? The miracles, the healings. I can tell you that it is the will of God that you are healed. He's a good God. Don't say, oh, the, our idea of what God, what goodness is, is relative. You know, God's goodness can be to kill you. God, God's act of mercy can be to inflict you with this. No, that's not, God, God is not a lunatic. <laughs> Pardon my English. He doesn't confuse us with things that are natural and ordinary. Many people are too smart for their liking and they try to come up with these ideas that just complicate things. If it's good and to your perception it is good, God, you know, then, then you can tell that that's God's doing in your life. God wants to bring healing. And that's what we're trying to establish here. It is the will of God. That's number two. Number three, healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. And, and this is a phrase that was gotten from Matthew chapter 15. I love it. Some of you are already hungry now. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, if you live in Agege, all the best. Uh, <laughs> Matthew chapter 15, verse 22. <laughs> all right. I'm going to read till verse 29. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried out to him, to Jesus, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. She is possessed. I can't handle this woman. I can't handle my daughter. But Jesus answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, See, send her away. She's disturbing us. Send her away. Verse 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then verse 25. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And then verse 26, he answered and said, It is not meat to take, I mean, meat, not beef or chicken. Like, it's not fit. Let me use normal modern English. It is not fit to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. It is not fit to use the children's bread to take it and cast it to the dogs. What was he calling the children's bread in this context? He was talking about healing. She was asking for a healing for her disturbed daughter who was plagued and, and oppressed by a demon. The, he, he, she, she was asking for healing. And Jesus said, you know, ideally he came to Israel 
to the Jews. And this woman was from, from, she was a Canaanite. And look at what she says. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. This was a woman who had resilience and perseverance. She was not going to go out, you know, go out of that place without an answer, without a solution. And Jesus, you know, and Jesus answered and said, oh, woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto you, even as thou will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. This story is so inspiring. I'm going to talk more about this as we go on. But I can tell you this, that whoever is called a child of God, healing is your bread. Does that make sense? Healing is now your birthright. When you talk about daily bread, you know, the Bible says, give us our daily bread. It, it talks about something that is common, commonplace, something that is expected, something that you are allowed to, to receive from your father because you're a child. Do you understand? It's, it's your birthright now. Praise the name of Jesus. Say, healing is my birthright. Healing is my portion. Healing is my food. Glory to God. The word bread, when you, whenever you see bread in the Bible, it's not always talking about physical bread, except when it talks about you know, the, the Last Supper, for example. Uh, man shall not live by bread alone. The, the word bread usually talks about food. So healing is your food. It's your daily food. You can expect that your good father would want to take care of you every day. So it's your birthright, even in the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That's good news about healing. But the question is, what does it take to get a healing? What does it take to get a healing? This is Healing 101, Healing School 101. What does it take to get a healing? Number one, the faith of the recipient. When you talk about this gift of healing, gifts are to be received, right? There's a giver, but there's also a receiver. Here, when it comes to healing, the faith of the recipient is paramount. I know this is basic, you probably know about it, but I want to rehash it. Especially those of you who want to start going out to, to you know, carry out your charismatic ministry, you know, your responsibility in the kingdom. This is important because sometimes people don't realize the hindrance to miracles is the lack of faith on the other person's part. It's important that they believe. It's super important that they believe. Look at this, Mark chapter 6 from verse 1 to 6. I'll read it very quickly. Talking about Jesus, and he went out from thence. Open your Bibles, please. Mark chapter 6 from verse 1 to 6. And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many learning, many hearing, hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence had this man these things and what wisdom is this which was given to him you know and even such mighty works are wrought by his hands so he went to this place to the synagogue taught in the synagogue he went to his hometown jesus went to nazareth and these people were wild where is he that, that 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 you know where did he get this wisdom from how is he able to do all these mighty works but some people started to comment in verse three is not this the carpenter i know this guy Ah, he's not uh, the son of Brother Joe that, uh, you know, I know this guy. He's not the son of Mary, the brother of James and Hosea and of Judah and of Simon. Are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him, the Bible said. <laughs> so they had seen this man. At first, they were, they, were, they were impressed. They were amazed. Wow, such wisdom. Wait, 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 wait. 
Tinubu, come. Is this not Jesus? I know him. He's not the one that used to run in the street that time doing the police and thief. I know him. Where they were running around. I know him. I know his father. He's now coming to do. I better go and sit down. And I know some of you, it's similar in a case where, <laughs> you know, maybe your parents had sent you to school, was in school, you got to know the Lord more, know sound doctrine, and you came back. And you start to talk to them about and engage them if you, you know you're courageous enough to do that like look at you so i sent you to school and you think you can come back and be telling me all these things you think you have all this knowledge okay it's my fault now it's me that sets paid school fees you know and these people felt the same way why are you to come back and tell us all these things who are you are you not a carpenter and they diminished him and verse 4 but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is without honor. They looked at his physical frame. They looked at how he was. This guy looks ordinary. He's doing this works, but mm -mm. I don't want to believe that this is, this is real. A prophet is without honor, but in his own country and among his own king and his own house. So many times you're belittled when you're with people that are very familiar with you. Verse 5. And the Bible said this, pay attention here. We're talking about our own very Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, the, the Rapha himself. <laughs> and he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And Jesus looked at them. Now, the question is, why could he not do any mighty work he laid hands on a few people but that was it but he couldn't do any mighty work he couldn't touch so many people with with the miracles why verse 6 and he marveled because of their unbelief he marveled because of their unbelief and he went round about the villages teaching he was shocked why why would you miss out on such a great and that's the thing god will never force anything no matter how good it is he won't force it on you Left to him, everyone should be saved, right? Everyone should receive the gospel. If it's that good news, good news, too good to be true, everyone should have received it, but he's a gentleman. He wants you to receive it by faith. Every good gift of God has to be received by faith. He will not impose, he will not force. He wants you to take it out of a willing and believing heart. Praise the name of Jesus. So it's very important. The person receiving must believe that they can be healed. And it's not even about whether you believe in the gospel, per se. Everyone that Jesus prayed for, he asked them, do you believe that I can heal you? That was the condition that you can receive this healing, that I have power, I have ability that can solve this problem you're having right now. If you believe it, that's more than enough. Be it unto you according to your faith. Jesus said to the woman, the Canaanites in, that we just read before, in Matthew 15, he said to her, he said, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou will. Be it unto you according to your faith. You will see that replete in the scriptures. Praise the name of Jesus. Number two, second thing you need, the second thing that it takes uh, to get a healing is the faith of the mediator. The faith of a mediator. So in a case where the person who needs that miracle is not in a position to receive that miracle. I don't know if you know what I mean. Like in the case of the lady who was demon-possessed, or in the case of a Lazarus, or 
the, the, the woman uh, you know, who had the son of Nain, who passed away. And I'm going to read the scripture quickly to you. Um, or it said, you know, at the end of the day, there, there are some times where the faith of another person can count for the healing of another person. And this one is so powerful. A lot of people, I think a lot of people have diminished intercession so much that they don't put this to practice. Intercession is powerful. Standing in the gap as a mediator for someone else, it is powerful. And we, in fact, we recorded a testimony here at the ministry. Um, you know, we had one of our meetings, our prayer meetings, and you know, there was a word that came forth. You know, someone had uh, a brother, you know, who had, and this is proven, had diabetes. Diabetes, I don't know if it's type A or B, but this person had diabetes and it was bad. You know, and we said, we're going to pray for your brother. He's not here right now, but we're going to pray in his absence. In the name of Jesus, diabetes be gone. We prayed. And he came back with a testimony, proven medically. See, me, I like, I like, I like proof. Right? Not that I don't believe God, but I think it stares faith even more when you see that what you had prayed for was done and also confirmed medically. There's nothing, there's nothing like it. And this person is living his life, enjoying, in fact, maybe taking too much sugar than he, he should. But that, that just tells you that you can stand in the gap for someone else and it happens on their behalf. Praise the name of Jesus. I, I see it happens more in the case where the recipient is really not in a, in a position to believe, you know. But many times, I, I believe that still intercession preserves people. Many of you are still alive. Many of you have not gone into the world as wayward people, as reprobates, because the prayers of your parents have kept you. Some of you understand what I'm saying. Your, the reason why you are where you are is because your parents, they, your parents prayed for you. They preserved you in the place of prayer. That's why you're where you are. It works. In the case of the, the paralytic guy in, in Luke chapter 5 from verse 18, you know, let me read it quickly to you. And behold, men brought in a bed, uh, in a bed, a man which was taken with palsy, who was paralytic, and they sought means to bring him in. So this guy had friends, they were trying to bring him in to bring this guy to Jesus. Verse 9 of Luke chapter 5. And when, when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop. And let him down through the tilling, you know, with his couch into the midst before Jesus. So from the roof, they laid, they, they started to, you know, drop this guy down with robes and stuff. And when he saw their faith, when Jesus, listen to that statement. When Jesus saw, I wish I could do a whole teaching about the look of faith. Look, you know, faith has a look. Faith has works that follows it. Because the Bible says faith without works is what? Dead. They, they didn't just believe. They took action out of their belief. That if we lower this guy, this guy, you know, bring him, our friend, to Jesus, he's coming back up on his feet. So they took action. Look, we couldn't find entrance through these doors. We will use the roof. But no matter what, this guy is coming out healed. Jesus saw their faith. And he said unto them, man... He said unto the guy, the man, the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. Powerful. So he saw their faith and they received the healing. Look at another one. The centurion and the centurion servant. You notice in Luke chapter 7 from verse 8, you know, the guy is saying to Jesus, I'm a man under authority. I understand. I can give orders and people, you know, do it. I can send orders here. 
in, in, in Jerusalem and in Rome, it's received and they do it. That you just speak the word. If you're a man of authority, which I believe you are, speak the word and my servant, wherever he is, will also receive the, you know, the word that you're going to speak. You receive the healing. And Jesus said, Jesus marveled and turned about him, just like he marveled at the unbelief of others. With this guy, he marveled and turned to the people that were there. He said, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, not in Israel. This was a man that believed the power of God had no distance. That I could be here right now and someone thousands of miles away would receive the healing. Because in the spirit, there is no distance. In the spirit realm, no distance. The power of God knows no distance. Praise the name of Jesus. And they that were sent, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. Praise the name of Jesus. So the, the centurion stood in the gap. The Canaanite woman stood in the gap, believed on behalf of her daughter, and she was fine. That still happens today. It hasn't stopped. That's why I said, come with your expectations tonight. Oh, God. God is going to, is going to surprise many of you this evening. That the power of God knows no distance. And that at the same time, you can stand in the gap for someone that needs a healing of the Lord. And it will happen because of your faith. On account of your faith, they can be healed. Praise the name of Jesus. The third thing that you need, and this one is obvious, is the faith of the healer. So or I, I can call this a ready channel right? Um, the faith of a ready channel, the, the faith of a healer. The way God has chosen to work in our generation and always has done this because of the, the way he structured the earth, he gave us dominion over the earth. And so if he's going to operate in the earth, he's going to give, you know, work his works through those that have domain over this place. That's us. So when God was going to speak to people, he would use a prophet. When he was going to deliver his people out of Egypt, he was going to use a prophet, a Messiah, Moses, who was going to part the Red Sea, launch them into the promised land. Do you understand what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, God does this. And even with this, when you talk about the move of the Lord, the move of God in a generation, the move of God only happens within the confines of the church. And I'm not talking about a building. I'm saying within the people that have been called by his name. Praise the name of Jesus. The ones who now carry his banner. We are the ones who are the move of the Lord in any generation. If God is going to heal anyone, he will use his people. If God is going to supply and provide for anyone, he will use people. That's how God does it. Out of his sovereignty and wisdom. And I love it. I love it that you, a mere mortal, you who are fragile and, you know, when looking at you, what, what good can come out of you? That kind of idea just like they did with Jesus, but still you can carry remarkable power that can save a life, that can change a life, that can transform a life, that can bring healing to a life. Praise the name of Jesus. That's beautiful. That is so humbling. Oh my goodness. It is so humbling to think that me, 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 look at me, me, that I with my hands can heal someone. It's huge. But the faith of the healer is required. You who are healing people must believe. You must believe in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, that says that these signs shall follow them that believe. It says that. It's the ones that believe. It will follow the ones that believe. They will what? Cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and they won't be harmed. And they will lay hands on the sick. And the sick will what? Recover. It takes someone who believes this to work a miracle. 
That's what it also takes. It takes the faith of the healer, number three. And number four, it takes a good God. <laughs> Goes without saying. It takes a good God. And let me just tell you this, and many people have missed this. When God is motivated to heal, there's only one motivation. Ultimately, everything is to his glory, obviously to his glory, because he's the only one who can do this act. But guess what? The motivation behind it is his love for the people, his compassion for the people. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to you, but I want you to pay attention. I want you to see in them the compassion of the Savior, the compassion of Rapha. I want you to see it that anytime he brings healing is because he cares. You can't separate the miracles of the Lord and love. You cannot. They're intertwined. If God is going to do a miracle in your life, it's because he loves you. He's going to do a miracle in someone else's life that you love, that you care about. It's because he loves you all. He loves all of us. Let me show you the scripture. This is a very good place to start. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Hebrews chapter 4, from verse 15. Open your Bibles quickly. He says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. So you have a high priest that has gone through the things we've gone through. He's been tired. He's been weak at some point, sleepy at some point. Do you understand? He, he went through the things we went through. So he's in a position to understand our frailty. He, he understands our infirmities. He understands our weaknesses. So he's not a distant God saying, I beg, which kind of ordinary headache? I beg, leave that one. He's a God who went through pain, who suffered on the cross, who was beaten who had migraines when he was flogged, when he was being beaten to the point where he was nailed to a cross. He understands pain and he doesn't want his people to have pain, to go through pain. So he understands. That's a good place to start. But let me show you where compassion moved the Savior, moved the Lord to heal people. Matthew chapter 14 from verse 14. Matthew 14 from verse 14. And when he went ashore, he saw a great multitude and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. <laughs> That's your God. He felt compassion and healed their sick. Next one, Matthew chapter 20 from verse 34. Matthew 20, 34, it says, And moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes, the blind men, touched their eyes, and immediately, immediately they regained their sight and followed him. Mark chapter 1, verse 41. Mark 1, 41. And moved with compassion, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Talking to the leper. He said, Lord, cleanse me, heal me if you are willing. And he says, I am willing, be cleansed. Glory to God. Moved with compassion. Moved. Do you know what it means to be a leper for that long? You're an outcast. You're suffering with sores and pain. No family of your own. It's painful. And Jesus moved with compassion said, no, you must be cleansed. If you know that I can do it, then I'm going to do it for you. And he healed him. Blind men who had suffered many years, not being able to see light and color and their families and those that they love. With compassion, Jesus was like, no, you can't go through this anymore. I want to take this away. And just so you know, one of the signs of the Messiah is that he's going to open blind eyes. He will deliver the people from their sins, but he will open blind eyes. It was one of the requirements of the Messiah. And he did that 
he did that excessively. Look at this, Luke chapter 7, verse 13 to 14. And when the Lord saw her, Luke 7, 13 to 14, when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her. This is the, the widow, right, of, of Nain and her son. Uh, he felt compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. And he came up and touched the coffin and the bearers came to a halt. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. Oh my goodness. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. This is another case of a woman who stood in the gap for her dead son. And because of her faith, Jesus healed out of compassion. He was out. He felt compassion for her. Praise the name of Jesus. Look at this. Um, in, uh, when, you know, with the possessed man of Gadara, in Mark 5, verse 19, Jesus said to him, Go home to your people and report to them what he had freed this man who was demon-possessed. And he said, go to your home, go to your people, tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. It's the mercy of the Lord, the compassion of the Lord that expresses itself in the healings and miracles. Praise the name of Jesus. Does it not shock you that even with the miracle of Lazarus, Lazarus who was dead for four days, Jesus heard the news. Jesus knew, our Lord Jesus knew he was going to bring Lazarus back to life. He is the one who is the resurrection and the life. He could bring him back. But Jesus still wept. You did not read it in your Bible. Why did Jesus weep? Because he felt compassion. This was his friend, Lazarus. This was you know, people that he had called family. Martha and Mary, this beautiful home. And this guy died. He felt it. He knew he would bring it, but he still cried. And this is a word to those of you who, you know, maybe you've lost someone or there's someone around you who has lost someone. Before you start saying, be healed or come back to life, at least have some compassion. Weep with them. The Bible says, mourn with those who mourn. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Have some compassion. And let that compassion, let it fuel in you the healing power of God, the mighty working power of God. Hallelujah. So that happened. And Lazarus came back to life out of the compassion of the Lord. Um, Matthew chapter 20 from verse 34. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Talking about blind men as well. Um, when you look at the Greek word of compassion, the Greek word is splanknizomai, right? It's splanknizomai. That's what it's called. It's S-P-L-A-N-C-H-N-I-Z-O-M-A-I. And this word is a very complicated word, but it means bowels. <laughs> like the innermost part of your bowels, your intestine. That's literally what it means. You know, it's kind of where the Bible in Colossians says, you know, out of the bowels of mercy. It, it, it's almost deeper than the heart somewhat. It's the innermost part of you. The innermost part that is the seat of the strongest and most passionate emotions. That's it. That's what compassion means, right? And in the Hebrew word, it, it gets its roots from the word used for womb. Where, where you nurture a child, where there's compassion and love for a child, like a parental kind of compassion. That's what this word means. And that's how the good shepherd sees us. He sees us as his children whom he loves. And compassion moves him to invade our space, to intervene in our situation, to interfere with the, with the tragedies of our life and bring hope and bring life and bring healing. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Um, I'm going to talk about how to heal a person, but at this junction, I want to just correct some misconceptions. I'm going to run through this. Just bring some balance, right, to, to this thing called healing of miracles. 
Number one, miracles are, hmm, let me just bring this balance. Miracles are not designed to replace the natural. Miracles are not designed to replace the natural. Balance number one, miracles are not designed to replace the natural. Um, there, there's something that Papa Hagen, Papa Kenneth Hagen once said. He said, excuse me, he said, it's one thing for you to receive a healing, but it's another thing for you to sustain a healing, to keep a healing. And, and, and people were like, what is this man saying, right? But there, it's so profound. While God's desire is for you to be well, to have divine health, there are common sense things that you yourself must do to survive. <laughs> Eating food or being able to be sustained in your body with strength should not be a miracle. Do you understand? Eating food is a natural process that God has ordained for you to do. The only case where it should be a miracle is in a case where eating regularly, eating food is not possible anymore biologically. And then God has to intervene to have you have food somehow. That's where it becomes a miracle. But the miraculous at the end of the day is not designed to replace the natural. Do you understand? There are things like, for example, when we're praying for our nation Nigeria, we can pray long and pray hard. And we can ask God for a miracle, but there must still be good governance. There has to be good governance installed, or else we're going to repeat a cycle that other nations don't even have to pray about. They have good governance, good leaders, and the, the, this prayer point is not as serious as it should be. Do you understand what I'm saying? So miracles are not designed to replace the natural. And you might even find out, many of us who talk about divine health, and many preachers who say, They've never been sick. They've never been sick. The power of God just gives them divine healing. They're able to walk in divine health all the days of their lives. Check their lives. <laughs> Those people do not joke with their diets, with their healthy living, their healthy regimen, their exercising. They don't joke with it. Check it. Check it. These people are drinking the regular amount of water. They have dietitians, nutritionists. Be wise. <laughs> don't just say, I have divine health. And you're eating junk food, ice cream, pizza, burger. You're eating foods high in cholesterol. You don't work out. You don't drink enough water. There was someone that, this is a very important, very interesting, important story. Back in school, there was a time, and this also happened even after school. I think this was in some, sometime in February. You know, there was someone who um, was having this very terrible pain abdominally. And started to, you know, some of the, the person's internal functions started to shut down. It was really bad, very bad situation. And I, this person came to me, asked me to pray for her. And as I was about to lay hands to pray, the Lord told me, tell this person to drink water. I was like, ha. Huh. I, I didn't first, you know, correlate the issue she was facing with water. I was like, oh, are you thirsty? She was like, actually, yes, she's thirsty. Um, she's, she's thirsty. I was like, okay. I had to ask her, how often do you drink water? She's like, maybe one cup a day. Oh, and some other days she doesn't even drink water. Ha, ah, I said, okay. This is a word of wisdom to you from the Lord himself. Go and drink water. You know, and they've been doing all sorts of things and tests on her. She started to drink water and she was good. Brand new. There's some things that common sense should just help us <laughs> to live a healthy life. 
Praise the name of Jesus. It's important. Take care of the temple that God gave you. That's his temple. That's his residence. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Take care of it. Praise the name of Jesus. The miracles are not designed to replace the natural. Number two, miracles are not an entitlement. I know, I know, I know. I said that you know, healing is your birthright. Yeah. But at the same time, we must always remember that miracles are, are really an extension of God's grace. Like God could have decided that he wasn't going to heal anybody. He could have. But thanks be to God that he gives us freely all things to enjoy. And, and that's one of the things that he gives us. We're not entitled to it, um, but we're grateful that he, in, his, in the package, in the inheritance we have received, he's included that for us. Health. Uh, you know, so yeah, that's very important to say. And the third balance I want to give is that miracles happen through one channel alone, which is faith. The channel of faith. That's how miracles happen. And I'm saying this because many people have trusted in so many things. They've trusted in, in objects. They've trusted in, in oils and holy waters for their miracles. And, and I know that some people would say, look, I tried this thing. I used the oil. I used the holy water. I used the handkerchief, the mantle, whatever it is. And it worked for me. Let me tell you what is working for you in those moments. And I'm still standing by what I said. The miracles happen through one channel and it's faith. Look at James chapter 5 from verse 14 to 15. I'll read it very quickly. I just felt to put these balances in check before we talk about how to heal a person. And then we're going to talk lastly about something very important, which I feel a lot of us need to uh, probably had questions about, myself inclusive. I'm going to talk about that as we close. All right, but look at this. James 5 from verse 14 to 15. You know this very important scripture. Is anyone sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So you see that there is a mention of using the anointing oil or using the oil that anoints. Um, they don't say anointing oil, but you get the picture. Anoint this person with, um, in oil in the name of the Lord. And historically... When you read these things, when you read the, the, the context culturally, the oil that they would use uh, is what they use priestly, you know, what they would use in a priestly situation in the Jewish culture. It's not just olive oil. It's a mixture of spices. If you read in, in, in the book of Leviticus, you will see how the spices were crafted. They're different. There's cumins. There's, there's this spice, that spice, and they're all medicinal. So that when you rub this, it's like an ointment. It's not just oil. It's an ointment. It's like a balm, a healing balm. That when you rub it on this person, um, you know, this person, it's, it's, it's not just medicinal. It's also a cultural thing that we wish you healing. Uh, I wish I could spend time on this. But even if that's not the case, and, and this is something else right here, look at the next sentence. And the prayer of faith. Is it the anointing oil? Or the prayer of faith? People of God, answer me. The prayer of faith will save the sick. Put all the anointing in the world. If there's no prayer of faith, the sick won't be healed. Are you following what I'm saying? At the end of the day, it boils down to faith. And in a case where someone takes the oil, takes the water, takes the handkerchief and says, Look, I believe in this. I believe in this. You know, this is where I'll get my healing. They get healed because God in his goodness bypasses and pervades all our, our misunderstandings and, and excesses 
to meet the actual need that we have. He's not waiting for us to be perfect as long as there's faith to receive. But the reason why I'm bringing this caution is because a lot of people start to depend on these items that they can't receive healing unless they use this oil or they can't receive healing except they drink this holy water. That's not true. The channel is faith. And I'm not saying this to wash it down. I've, I've executed healings with objects, giving people things to use because of the level of their faith that I've seen. And a lot of ministers do that. Um, it's something that we do to encourage people that, you know, because when you say you believe something and you can't see the thing you believe, it's a bit difficult. But when I say, oh, take this remote, this remote, if you touch it, your life would be better. You know, you can walk remotely for the rest of your life or something like that. And you take it, oh God, thank you, carry this remote. And it works for you because I'm operating with you based on the level of your faith. But there are some people like the centurion, they don't need to see anything. Lord, speak the word only and it will be done. That's the faith God wants. Are you following what I'm saying? So I'm saying this to say, look, faith is what is important. That's how miracles happen. It's by faith. It's by faith. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, how to heal a person? I'm going to rush this very quickly. Of course, number one, believe God's healing power. It starts with faith again. Believe God's healing power. How to heal a person. If you want to know how to get someone healed. And I'm sure at this ministry, we are equipping you. The reason for ministry gifts, the reason for the gift that I have to teach, the teaching grace I have, is to equip you for the work of ministry, to edify the body of Christ so that we can bring the world to the unity of the faith, right? Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11, right? But to heal a person, you need to first believe the healing power of God. Let Mark 16, 17 to 18 be your mantra. Just let it be your mantra. These signs will follow them that believe. Let you, you know, use Hebrews chapter, I believe it's chapter 2 verse 3, if I'm not mistaken, that these signs, you know, followed the, the disciples. Remember these things, that you can, you can operate in the healing power of God. Praise the name of Jesus. Second thing I'm going to say, and it's not so popular, but I'm going to say it anyways, is <laughs> prepare in prayer. Prepare in prayer. Prepare. In prayer, <laughs> I know what I'm saying. Hmm. A lot of people diminish this step. And they will say, mm, power, oh boy, oh boy, I carry power. Ah! The power I have, I can do anything. I can watch Netflix all week, all month. I can play video games all I want, but the power is still there. And you are right in the context. You are right. The power is resident because the Holy Spirit is resident in you. It is true. But how is the power, boy, how does it get Opo? <laughs> how do you stir up the power? The Bible has given you the recommendation. Like someone like Elijah did in James chapter 5 verse 16. It says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It makes tremendous power available. That's what it says. When you pray fervently, it makes the power that is already resident available for you. So do you understand what I'm saying? Let me give you a, a very important example. When Peter and John encountered the man at the beautiful gates. What happened? Where were they going to? They were going to pray. <laughs> and you will see this with Paul. I was reading the life of Paul. You see that Paul had a very consistent devotional life. Very consistent. And he was in line with the Jewish tradition even after he was saved. Very consistent. Same thing with Peter and John. They were going to the synagogue to pray. That's where they were headed before they saw this guy. And they didn't plan it. 
but it showed that they had a consistent devotional life. They were ready. They were ready. They were in touch with what they had. Such as I have, I give. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. They had power and they knew it. Praise the name of Jesus. Don't walk into a battlefield without weapons. Don't do that. Go prepared. <laughs> you are saying, power. go and pray. Oh. Many of you that have tried this and many of you can relate. Many of you have tried healing people and it's taking, either it's taking time or it's not working. Or maybe it's even partial sometimes. And I'm not trying to use your experience to, to, to back up what the scripture is saying, but I'm telling you, even from my own personal experience, the times when you've... <laughs> There are some times that I, I got people healed. I didn't even know until they told me. Because I was just so filled with the Spirit, so conscious. What's the problem? This is, this is, this. It's healed in the name of Jesus. You will not return with this. How do you feel? It's gone. Glory to God. I'm telling you, as that, <laughs> some of you have experienced this even, you know, with me. You've, you've experienced this healing. Some of you have, can testify of it. Some of you have even tried this. Some of you have you've prayed long, prayed hard tried to pray for someone in need and it worked it's real though guys it's real prepare in the place of prayer look at something in mark 16 17 that we've been talking about where it says the signs shall follow them that believe you notice that all the things that were mentioned were things required for a miracle whether it's casting out a devil it's required for someone to be free of a demon do you understand what i'm saying the immunity to serpents and scorpions and poisons is part of a miracle to be immune to, 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 to attack, to afflictions. Laying on of hands is also there, right? To, to make a miracle happen. But it says pray in the spirit. That these people that believe, they will pray in the spirit. They will pray in tongues. They will speak with new tongues. It's important. It's part of the formula. You should pray in the spirit. Pray and prepare yourself in prayer. Praise the name of Jesus. And it goes without saying, the next thing to do is to lay hands on the sick. Um, this should be the norm. There are times where, like in the case of the centurion servant, you might not be able to. Or in the case of the woman, um, you know, the Canaanite woman, it might not be possible to lay hands, right? Um, and you can speak the word. It, the spoken word is powerful. It is powerful. It is effective, just as effective. But I can tell you that, see, the, the ministry of laying on of hands, it's a, it, to me, honestly, I, I speak to you a mystery. <laughs> laying on of hands is mysterious. These same hands that you used to eat, that you used to scratch your bum bum, um, these same hands come, I'm so sorry for that graphic image, but you can use the same hands to heal people. That's crazy. It's incredible. The same hands you pick your nose with can heal the sick. It's crazy. And, and, and it's very important that you try it. That you place your hands and know that, look, if I right now, just do this with me. These hands, show me your hands. Show me your hands. Glory to God. These hands can heal the sick. And they will heal the sick without number. In the name of Jesus. Come on, say that prophetically over your life. These hands can heal the sick. These hands will heal the sick in their numbers. In the name of Jesus. When I touch people, they are healed. When I touch people, afflictions leave. When I touch people, demons are cast out. My hands can heal the sick. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Amen. The last thing I'll say, number four, and this is also very important. And I find a lot of people running away from this. 
stay till you see the results. <laughs> you know, one, one way that I can truly believe you, believe what you are doing, is that you stay till you see the results. If you truly believe that when you lay hands on the sick and proclaim them healed, it will happen, then I must see it in your action. You can't tell me you are praying for someone you know, to be healed and you believe it and you say, ah, can we just pray? Ah, sorry, eh? I don't know if this will work, but let me just, let's just try and pray. You're having headache, and the malaria, let's just try. Eh? You know the doctors, yes, the doctors have done everything. Just bring your hand, let me just, in the name of Jesus, everlasting Father, King of glory, Lord of lords, the rock of ages, the I am that I am. We thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for the gift of life. You are the one that we love. Thank you, Father. Great is thy faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. It is done. Well done, my brother. It is well. Eh? Take care. Bele, bele, eh? Sorry. Rest. Eh? Have you eaten? You've eaten? Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. I'll see you tomorrow. Eh? Bye-bye. What did you do? <laughs> That's not how it's done. In the name of Jesus, such as I have. Look at the example with Peter and John. Such as I have, I give. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And what did they do? The Bible says they grabbed him by the hand and pulled him on his feet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the audacity. What if this guy, the leg did not heal and he dropped back? Error. People will see it and say, hey, hey look at this ones." But they knew. See, they had that confidence, the faith. That this guy, as he's standing up now, he's not going back down. Hallelujah. That is faith. You, you stay to see results. And for some of you, you've prayed. You've been in a situation. You've prayed for the healing of someone. But it just didn't happen in that moment. Stay. <laughs> stay. Sometimes the first step is that you see men as trees. But then the next step is that you have full sight. Do you understand what I'm saying? Stay. The sight must shall come. I don't know how long it's going to take, but it must come. Stay. Practice staying. Staying. When you talk of faith and perseverance, you can't separate those two. When it says hold fast the profession of your faith, it means to adhere to it, to stay with it. To stay with it. Perseverance and faith, they are brothers. Are you following what I'm saying? So there's even a place of perseverance in healing, in the healing ministry. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. But let's be honest. When even we do all these things, practice all the steps, can we be honest? Let's have, a, let's have an honest chat as we round up. You know, sometimes the healing still delays. There are things we call long-standing issues. Sometimes these problems, these afflictions, these diseases, these sicknesses, these ailments, they still remain and they delay. Why? Why did they delay? You know? And I wish I had all the answers to tell you, but I can tell you what to do when it seems like healing's delay. Number one, this is what I can recommend. When healing seems to delay, whether it's in your life, the life of someone you prayed for, or a family member you're believing for, whatever it is, number one, try their faith. Try their faith. The word try here, I mean test, right? Check their faith. Do they really believe? Sometimes your faith is there, the power is there, their faith is not there. So that could be the missing link. Do you understand? Naturally. Just, and this is, these are ways you do it. You don't just assume people believe. You ask them. Before Jesus healed anybody, you will ask them, 
even though he knew the thoughts of their mind, he will still say, do you believe that I can heal you? And they'll say, yes, Lord. And he will say, be it unto you according to what? Your faith. It's important that they confess their belief in the healing. Do you understand? So if you're praying for someone, you say, can I pray with you? I'm going to pray with you. And by the time I lay hands on you, all this will go away like it was never there. Do you believe it? Do you believe in the power of God to heal you right now? They don't even have to be born again. <laughs> That's the funny thing. In fact, many times these this miracles were done with the unbelievers as a sign to them that there is a power, there is a risen Christ and his power is still alive and available. So they don't have to even believe that Jesus died and was raised from the, from the grave three days after. They just need to, to believe that he has the ability. There is a supreme being that has the power to heal them in that moment and they can receive their healing. So you have to speak in a way that encourages their faith. That some of you, you will speak in a way that the faith that was there, you have even removed it. Ah, we don't know whether God wants to heal you in this, in this case or not. I don't know. Let's just try, Sha. And this person must have been excited that God will heal them. Do you understand? Let your faith inspire. See, you tell them, I'm going to you. Tell them what you will do and what will happen. And be it unto you as you have said. <laughs> Hallelujah. I will touch you by the power of the Holy Spirit and you'll be able to walk again. Do you believe it? So try their faith. Number two, try your faith. <laughs> try your faith. I'll, I'll tell you why. James chapter 5, sorry, James chapter 1, I beg your pardon, from verse 5 to 8. James chapter 1 from verse 5 to 8. Glory to Jesus. Bratasokubratemetendes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm taking my time with this because I want to make sure everything you need to get that healing is, is done. I'm taking my time. You see, I have some things to go through, but pay attention here. James chapter 1 from verse 5 to 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that will give it to all men liberally. And he doesn't upbraid, it's, you know, it shall be given to you if you ask for wisdom. But let him ask in faith. And I know now it's, a, it's in the context of asking for wisdom. But this is also very applicable to other things besides wisdom. I believe so. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Ah, Let him ask in what? Faith. Nothing wavering. You're talking about stability. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with wind and tossed for let not that man hey this is huge james was brutal he said that man should not think that he will receive anything of the lord let not that man think that anything he has done is working if he if he's wavering in his faith verse 8 for a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways yikes so this is what I'm saying. Test your faith. Do you really believe? I, I know that the last time you tried, it, it didn't work. I understand. I know that God seems to have disappointed you. In fact, you've prayed for this exact same thing, you know, in your life because you're going through that same thing. Now you are faced with a challenge of someone that you have to pray for, for the very same thing that you are praying about. Test your faith. Do you truly believe completely do you really believe are there things you're holding back is there doubt in your heart are you like a wave that is being tossed are you contemplating in your mind you are here you are here this next moment i think god can heal i'm not sure god will heal you you are just unstable is that you try your faith 
There's a place of persevering in healing. Remember I told you. And let me tell you this, free of charge, just because you're going through something. Have you been in a situation where you are going through something, someone came to meet you for advice, even though you were in that situation of struggling, you knew the solution. Maybe you've not applied the solution, but you knew the solution and you told that person the solution and they were able to use that solution to help themselves solve that problem. Has that happened before? Same thing. Same thing. I remember one time someone met me um, to pray for them. This was in, 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 in the hostel in school. And I had a headache that time. I'd just finished an exam. The person came to meet me that they too had a headache. There's probably malaria. And I prayed for the person they were healed. I still carried my headache like that. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it should have been, but it's just what happened, right? Try your faith. Next thing I'll say is try wisdom. Number three, try wisdom. Try wisdom. Like I told you, in some cases, it's not a miracle the person is. The person just needs common sense. They just need to do something that they've not been doing. So if you're saying, God, deliver me, I need a job. Oh, God, I need money. Oh, God, and you've not applied, you're a fool. You've not applied for any job. You've not had a business idea, you're a fool. Where would the job come from? How is it going to happen? You're expecting a miracle? No, because the miraculous was not designed to replace the natural. Try wisdom. There might be a, a, a common sense fix to that thing, guided by the wisdom of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Try wisdom. Then the last thing I'll say is try again. Try again. If it's, if it's still delaying, try again. Go again. Pray again. It's okay to pray for one thing ten times than to pray for it once, not see results, and be okay with it. You can't be okay when you don't see. Don't be like that. Don't be complacent. Be the person that endures. Try again. Ah, it didn't work. Try again. Try again and make sure that you are still sustaining both your faith in the process as you're trying again. But try again. And many of you, if, I can even maybe recommend this to you. I can, I've watched some, there's this uh, televangelist who goes around in the streets that prays for people to be healed. And uh, from his style, it was the first time I remember watching this. This was the first time I ever saw something like that. You pray for someone and ask them on a scale of one to ten, how do you feel? I'm like, you, you can do that, really? I know from the biblical narrative, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like it's bam, bam, immediate, immediate. But this guy will pray for someone and ask them, on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel? You'll say, oh, I feel like a 7 now. It's still not there, but I feel like a 7. We go again. Pray, how do you feel? I feel like an 8. He goes again. Until he's 10, he won't stop. Ah, man, that inspired me. And I saw there's a perseverance to this thing of healing. Praise the name of Jesus. And sometimes, the truth is, some long-standing issues in our lives are demonic in nature. And... I don't mean to make this dark, it's just the truth. It's a fact. There are some things that the devil has normalized in our lives and he, he uses ignorance. He uses that to desensitize us from the work he's doing. There are some things that are not just a natural reason or it just happened by chance. It's the work of the enemy. There's some afflictions that appear as, oh, you didn't have enough sleep. Oh, you overworked yourself. Sometimes it's the enemy. And for you to work miracles, one powerful gift is for you to be able to discern demonic activity. It's, it's a gift of the spirit, discernment of spirits. Acts chapter 16, I'll read it very quickly. This is something that came in handy for a man of God that we know. Acts chapter 16 from verse 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer. This is Luke speaking as he wrote the book of Acts. And now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who 
brought her master's much profit by fortune telling. So she was psychic. She was able to tell, you know, the future and things like that. See beyond the the uh, the plane, going to the metaphysical, you know, all of that. Uh, verse 17, this girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim us the way of salvation. This she did for many days. So perhaps Paul and Silas and Luke um, had, and Timothy had joined them at this point. You know, they were, they were just hearing, hearing, you know, this girl say, These men of God have come to preach the way of salvation. They've come to preach the way of salvation. And they bared it for some days. I mean, pardon me, they bored for some days. And, and after a while, Paul, look at what he responded in verse 8. But Paul, greatly annoyed because she was not doing it for, for a good reason. It started to turn out that she was causing uproar, just trying to turn, you know, cause some chaos with this. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to not the girl, the spirits, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Ah, one of the greatest enemy, one of the greatest weapons of the enemy is ignorance. When you're not able to sense his activity in a place, you will just keep using medicine, keep using uh, you know normal human rational things, and not realize he's behind some things. Praise the name of Jesus. It's a gift of the Spirit. It's something you pray about. You pray about it. God, what is happening in this situation? Is it the demonic activity? Ask the Lord. He will show you. If it is, in the name of Jesus, devil, everything you have touched in the life of this person, everything you've touched in my life, your hands go off now in the name of Jesus. Your influence and your schemes are abolished now in the name of Jesus. You take control of the situation. Don't say it's just malaria. It's just head. It's just more backache. Don't do that. I'm not saying be superstitious. I'm saying be sensitive. Be discerning. And you tell the devil, not today, Satan, or not ever, Satan. Never. Praise the name of Jesus. So that's it uh, that I want to say about this. The last thing I want to say as we close now, and I mean it. <laughs> this is very, very rounding up. I want to talk about, I, I started this teaching by saying that the, the good, one good news about healing is that it's wholesome. And I want to emphasize that right now. That I tell you that emotional healing is part of the package of God. It's part of the package of Rafa, emotional healing. I'll show you from scriptures uh, very blatantly so you can easily just see it for yourself. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to read the scripture, Philippians chapter 4 from verse 6 to 7. You know it so well. We probably haven't seen it from this perspective of emotional healing. There's some things that people hurt. Have you had someone, have you seen anyone, or maybe this has been you, you've been in so much pain and hurt that it starts to show physically. It starts to show in your body, in your tone, in your voice, in your health. Have you been so hurt that your health was failing? If God was going to fix your physical health, how would he fix it? By fixing your emotional health. Do you understand? Look at this. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't be overly depressed by the things you can't control. But tell the Lord instead. And the peace. This is such a gift from God that many people underestimate. You need peace in Nigeria. You need peace wherever you are in the world. You need peace of mind. Peace of mind. And the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding. You should be heartbroken right now. But why are you at peace? You just lost your house, lost your wife, lost your mother, lost your father, lost your kids. You lost everything. Why are you at peace? It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And it will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. God can give you abundant peace and security like we read in the scripture earlier. Look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 3 to 4. Emotional healing. God is able to do it. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 3 to 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation. Look at that. He comforts us in our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God can literally come into your space and comfort you. He can wrap his arms around you metaphorically and spiritually and do that to bring you comfort in a time of turbulence, in a time of pain, in a time of loss, in a time of emotional damage. He's able to root cause those things, root them out, bring peace, bring comfort, and bring healing. That's the God you serve. I'm going to read this one. He's a thorough God, though. He's thorough. When he heals, he heals completely. He goes beyond what we see physically. Psalm 147 from verse 3. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 147 from verse 3. It's very simple scripture. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He heals. The Lord is asking me to say this to someone right now. <laughs> he heals the brokenhearted. And he binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up your wounds. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. I ask, Lord, right now, to those in pain, to those who are in trial and tribulation, in a place of loss, where they are confused, where they are in pain about one thing or the other, they've been offended, they've been hurt, they've been damaged, abused, verbally, emotionally, whatever, whatever it is. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray you mend those broken hearts. Mend those broken hearts, oh God. Bring peace and comfort into their lives. Let there be ease, oh God, in their lives. Oh God, mend those broken hearts. Bind those wounds and scars in the name of Jesus. Like it was never there in the first place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What is your part in all this? God wants to make a healer out of you. We've heard about this. God wants you to take the mantle it's your responsibility now for these signs to follow you. God will hold you accountable in situations where you had the chance to make someone to spread his goodness through healing and you didn't take that chance. He will hold you accountable. God would rather you try that nothing happened that you didn't try at all. Do you understand? God wants to make a healer out of you. That's the God you serve. Hallelujah. So I'll tell you to practice more. Take every opportunity you can to heal, no matter how small, no matter how recurrent can I still pray for you? Do that to your heart. It helps you practice more. Practice more. The more you do something, the better you get. You know that, right? Simple principle. Practice makes what's better. <laughs> Remember that there's nothing that's too big or too small for God to handle. Both ways. Too small, too big. God can solve all problems. He's, he loves it. 
He's a problem solver. Give them to him. There's nothing he hasn't dealt with before. Praise the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Have you been blessed by the word of God? God wants me to pray for some people especially. There's someone here, and, and please, this is, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is a, a hallowed moment right now. I know you're tuned in, maybe live on YouTube or Mixler or wherever you are, but you can receive your healing right there. We've established that the power of God has and, and knows no distance. The spirit realm. Distance is not a hindrance. Where you are, the Spirit of God can meet your needs. If only you receive and believe. Thank you, Jesus. I believe you're my healer. I believe you are all I need. Jesus, you're all I need. For nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible. For nothing is impossible for you. Because you hold my world in your hands. Sing with me, I believe. I believe you're my healer. I believe you're more, you're more than enough for me. Jesus, you're all I need. Father, as you are Rafa in our lives, Lord, thank you. There's someone who has battled with sinuses. Oh, wow. For over 10 years, I'm seeing that number. You've had sinuses for a very long time. Your nose is clogged. It's hard to breathe. It's hard to speak. It's been clogged. In the name of Jesus, that long-standing issue. Thank you, Father. By the power of the Holy Spirit, right now, it goes in the name of Jesus. Out, out, out. In the name of Jesus. Sinuses be gone. Be gone in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, leave that nose. Leave that nasal cavity and don't return in the name of Jesus. Ah, ta, brat, there's not just one person. Thinks about two people I'm seeing. Brat, Sika. That, that inflammation that happens and the, the, the blockage that sometimes is hard to sleep at night. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed. Be healed, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray for that person that has that frequent abdominal issue. You, you've had some, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm seeing acidity within this area. Acidity causes chronic pain. In the name of Jesus, that imbalance of chemicals is resolved right now. You are healed in the name of Jesus. I regulate your body systems by the power of God. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be normalized in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for someone who 
I don't know what I'm, I, I mean, I, this came before the, the teaching and it's coming again now. There's someone, you have a parent. I don't know whether it's your mother or your father. I think it might be your mother. She has stiff legs, stiff. I'm seeing them planted in a place and they're not able to move. I don't know whether it's arthritis or rheumatism. I don't know what it is. But in the name of Jesus, there is mobility to her legs. Or there's mobility to his legs. In the name of Jesus, the power of God touches them now. Because you are standing in the gap, believing on their behalf. In the name of Jesus, the power of God hits them now in Jesus' name. And they are made whole in Jesus' name. They are restored to health in Jesus' name. Rafa, thank you. <laughs> it's done. It's done. Thank you, Jesus. It's done. Please, as the testimonies happen, make sure you tell us. Make sure you tell us one way or the other. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's someone that experiences this often and you're experiencing it right now. And the proof that you're healed is that this is going to stop as we are praying. You have a migraine and a backache at the same time. You have a migraine, you have a backache at the same time. In the name of Jesus, place your hand on your head. In the name of Jesus, I declare that the healing power of God corrects that pain. Ache, pain, get out in the name of Jesus. Get out in the name of Jesus. You don't belong there. Leave. Leave. I pray for relief over your, on your body. I pray for relief over your health. In the name of Jesus. And as we're speaking, the pain leaves now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Thank you, Jesus. Pain gone. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Be it unto you according to your faith. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another person brought them also practice. You're experiencing profuse bleeding recently. Profuse bleeding. Profuse bleeding. This is for a lady. In the name of Jesus, that is corrected. You were worried you're about to go to the hospital for this one, but it's corrected right now. And even if you go to the hospital, they will tell you that it's gone. It is resolved. It is healed. In the name of Jesus. Seven, six, five, four. Three, thank you, Jesus. Done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God has regulated your body systems and your hormonal systems. He's regulating in. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He's regulating it right now as we speak. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bedwetting is healed. Bedwetting is resolved. In the name of Jesus, that affliction will not come back. It will not come back. You will not see a wet bed again in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for anyone. Last thing I'm going to pray about now. Anyone who has been emotionally and verbally abused by their parents. Now, in fact, this one is, is so deep. And to confirm this, this one is so deep that just two days ago, thank you, Jesus, just two days ago, your mother called you a name and this particular thing she called you made you say something about her, something negative, something from within. It came from within. This, this is becoming a stronghold, says the Lord, 
is becoming a bitter place in your heart, an inroad and access point for the enemy to work against you. But in the name of Jesus, I close that door in your life, in the name of Jesus, and I declare your healing now. Allow the Holy Ghost now to walk on your heart. You've been emotionally and verbally abused, but that doesn't mean that you would, you would, you would live according to what has been said. Your identity comes from the Lord and the Lord alone. In the name of Jesus, I declare your healing. There is peace of mind in your life in the name of Jesus. That broken heart is mended in the name of Jesus. The trust you had for your parents and now how it's been broken in the name of Jesus. God will start to restore that. Restore that bond in the name of Jesus. But that access point, ah, the devil has no road now. I close it in the name of Jesus. I close it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. What is it? What is this? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Someone is praying for, I don't know, frequent ailments. What is that? Frequent ailment. You just get sick. You just get sick continuously. Get sick regularly. It's a concern. You are almost anticipating the next time you'll be. In the name of Jesus, that's not your portion. In the name of Jesus, you are healed. No more cycles of repeated, of repeated illnesses in the name of Jesus. No repeti- repetitive ailments in the name of Jesus. The last one you saw is the last one you ever see. Your strength is renewed by the Lord. He's infusing your muscles and bones with supernatural strength in the name of Jesus. You will not fall sick, oh. You will not fall sick in the name of Jesus. You are healed in Jesus' name. Oh, brata tes. <laughs> oh, what is this? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bratosokari demendes. I rebuke every report of cancer. I rebuke every report of cancer. It will not stand. Here is the decree of the Lord. You are, you are destroyed in the name of Jesus. The counsel of the Lord stands as such that cancer, you are destroyed. You have no place in their bodies. Leave, leave, leave in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Good shepherd, we love you. Thank you for these ones who have received so bountifully of you thank you because these healings are permanent it shall not be taken from them in the name of jesus we will count not just these testimonies but the testimonies of those that these ones will go out to heal in the name of jesus oh glory to your name glory to you rafa jehovah rafa yahweh rafa we love you in jesus mighty name we have prayed Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. Praise the name of Jesus. How have you been? Hope you learned something tonight. Hope you were blessed immensely. I was. I want you to just say these confessions with me very quickly. I want you to just say this with me as soon as you can, as loud as you can, with all the confidence that you can, that God sees me completely. He cares about the little things in my life. He restores all that was lost. He renews all that is made old. 
He's bringing order to my life. And he's renewing my strength. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.